This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Miller, and I'm so glad you've decided to join us to talk about our favorite thing in the world yet again, Star Wars. Joining me from across the pond yet again is the one and only Mr. Usuf Wally. How's it going, brother? Hey, hey, hey. I'm really, really happy. And I'm actually even happier that we're doing this, not only we're we talking about our favorite subject, but we're doing it, you know, second week in a row sort of thing. So I'm really happy to keep this getting, you know, to get this back. Uh, on track consistently, you know, let's start getting this content yes. out regularly. I love this. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, this episode, we're probably going to keep it a little shorter though. Uh, I've got some things going on today. I know Usuf's busy, right? Usuf's out in public right now. Uh, yeah, so... yes, I am. I'm out. I'm, I'm out and about. It is finally during the day when we're recording this rather than at home at 3 a.m. It's about 5 in the afternoon. I like this. It's a new trend. Yeah, it's better than staying up till, you know, one, two, three o'clock in the morning to, to, yeah. uh, to do this. So, uh, well, it's Star Wars, so I don't, I don't really. It's care. it's I, Star I Wars. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, we, my father in law, were talking uh, last week about the the shows, the Book of Boba Fett coming out and stuff, and I think I've come to the conclusion that on Tuesday nights I'm just going to start staying up late and taking care of everything for the mm-hmm. new shows. Yeah. yeah. All night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday morning, and then you just suffer Wednesday for it. So, uh, I think I think that's where we're going to go for. So I. Uh, I decided we're going to try to keep this episode a little short. There's a couple things we want to address this week, a couple things we want to talk about, and uh, and uh, get some at least get an episode out for you guys so that we're not having a bare week. So before we get going, though, uh, I want to let you guys know about Patreon.com. We've got some Patreon content on there now, full reactions to the first two episodes of Book of Boba Fett. I'm working on editing the remainder episodes now to get them out, uh, but those can be found on Patreon.com slash 1138productions. Also wanted to say, make sure you guys check out the Marvel Cast podcast. Uh, Stephen Hall and J.G. Kars are doing an awesome job over there, uh, breaking down Marvel news every week. And uh, I mean, they're they're seriously kicking ass over there. So uh, they're really comprehensive. Yeah, they're really getting like a full comprehensive view of everything. It's really cool breaking down everything. And speaking of uh, the Marvel Cast podcast, those guys are going to be on next week's episode. Uh, we are planning on doing a massive episode next week. We're going to be talking about the entire series of Book of Boba Fett, since we'll have the whole thing then. We're going to be sitting down and talking about our predictions on whether or not we're going to be getting the Obi-Wan trailer at the Super Bowl next Sunday. Uh, and, and if we are, kind of what our thoughts and kind of what our predictions are going to be for that as well. So I wanted to get them all involved in that. That's going to be a big episode. And uh, that that may end up being a, a pretty long one, actually, talking about Boba Fett. So... Uh, that's what we have to look forward to next week. I'm excited to get them back on, but definitely head over and check out the Marvel cast podcast. Cause they, they're, they're really doing a good job over there with that. I'm, I'm really happy with them. So, uh, let's get into this. So there's a couple things I wanted to talk about real quick. We're going to be talking about Boba Fett next week, but Usuf, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, Boba Fett, just the two of us. Uh, we've got one episode left and this last episode was just 
insane. Was insane. Um, Mind-blowing. So much, so much. It wasn't just the fan service. People keep telling me, oh, so they're just calling back some of the favorite stuff. No, they are opening up so many possibilities at the same time. It's so cool. It is. It, it, it's it's really cool. And everybody's talking about how, well, this doesn't feel like an episode of Book of Boba Fett. Maybe next week we'll get a cameo of Boba Fett and Book of Boba Fett. Well, I get it. But we're at a point in the story where you've got to, you're bringing in these other characters. We don't know where they've been since their last appearances, and you got to kind of give a little bit of that backstory there. And if it takes a full episode, it takes a full episode. And we're, we're it's, it's all build up to what's going to happen next week. So, uh, so far, I'm digging the show. The, the show has just evolved even more for me. Kirsty's going back right now and rewatching. I think she, I, I, last night we just watched uh, episode four. Five together, yeah. We watched the Mandalorian season two point five, and uh, we we just watched that last night. We she was too tired to fin- uh, to get caught up last night. So at some point tonight we'll probably end up because uh, I'm, I'm enjoying watching. This is the first Star Wars series that I've sat down and rewatched like three times already, and we're not even and the season isn't even over. Season isn't even over exactly, and you're already rewatching it, and that makes sense because uh, correct me if I'm wrong because I feel this way. It's different. When you're watching it episode by episode, then if you're watching it in full, like yes. one after the other, if you're binging it, you feel differently about the story. Not only because of like all the flashbacks that they do for Boba Fett to give you that sort of sense of continuity, you gotta sort of watch them in a row, but also because um, when you actually then get the sort of two episodes back to back for following. Spoiler alert, guys. Wait, are we going to be full-on spoiler-free here, or what are we going to do? Look, we're on Saturday now. The show came out three days ago. Anybody that's going to care about spoilers is going to have seen the show by now. That's my opinion. So, yeah, Uh, go go for it. So, these two Mando episodes, back-to-back, when you watch them together, oh, it's amazing. Not only is it following after that, because I know Boba Fett, we're still sort of building up. This is what we talked about last last week, is that... um, you know, you still haven't seen the whole show yet. You still haven't seen everything the Book of Boba Fett has to offer. But now it's clear that it's supplementing a huge part of what is to come. So it's got Mando in there. It's got, obviously, it's got Fennec. And then Cad Bane comes in here. So if you just watch oh, those two all together yeah. and then you finish all this, oh, my goodness. And then the big star himself that we've all loved, you know, he's such a cool villain. We're going to be talking about this, obviously, in a few episodes or something talking about some ideas and talking about, you know, how awesome these kinds of characters are and the effects that they have. Yeah, Kai Bane's rocking right now. It's fantastic. It wasn't because I saw him. It changes everything. It does. It does, actually. I don't think, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's simply, oh, they just brought in, brought in another character. No, it does change stuff. It, it, opens it takes up it to so a new things. level. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it elevates ups it. the it really stakes. Because uh, It ups stakes, it ups excitement. Yeah. It's so cool. The character himself carries a lot of weight with him. Yeah. Oh, Cad Bane is a, a force to be reckoned with. Uh, he he is. There's a reason everybody was losing their minds seeing him pop up for the first time in live action, and to see him make that transition from animated to live action. I lost my mind. I, I I'm completely ecstatic. I'm over the moon about it. Um, and it make and if you're gonna tell a story, there's only one other story that I think they could have told by now that would make sense for him to pop up. But I'm happy with him popping up in here. The one story, and I think everybody who who listens to the podcast knows this, there's one story in canon in particular that I want, and I've never gotten it. I think they've passed the window to tell the story, and it's 
when Han and Leia are on Hoth and they're arguing back and forth and he's getting ready to leave and he says, well, right. the bounty hunter we ran into on Ord Mandel changed my mind. Who was the bounty hunter? Yeah. We never saw that story yeah. in the comics. It just kind of bypassed that whole topic and went straight into Empire. And I want the I want the bounty hunter to be Cad Bane. I, it just makes total, because when I first started saying that, I was like, well, I don't even know if Cad Bane's still alive at this point. Well, now we know he is. Well, now we know he is. And, and he, I, I want to see that story. He's alive and kicking, yeah. Oh, yeah, more than just uh, kicking. He's still being Billy Badass walking around. <laughs> and he's got to be it, in like his 70s by now. Is it out of the now. realm of possibilities to see is that story in Bad Batch? Um, I think Bad Batch happened. No, because Bad Batch happens immediately after episode three. And not even down the line, not even like well, it depends on how far it wants to go. Because if it ends up bypassing a new yeah. hope and going all the way up to Empire, then yeah, I mean, it's a possibility, but because you're still talking about the Filoni verse, basically what I call the Filoni verse. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're still talking oh, about yeah. that same core group of characters. Anybody that was in Clone Wars is free game for live action now. Um, so I don't know why I'm even surprised Cad Bane popped up. Uh, I just I love it, I love Cad Bane. I loved everything about Cad Bane. The voice, the attitude, the moves, the, the, yeah, feel, the, the whole music, Western the, feel the of quiet. that fight. Yeah. Oh goodness me! But um, the what everybody else seems to really get upset by, and I didn't truly mind, was the face, was the graphics on the face. It so didn't firstly, the skin tone. It didn't bother me not one bit. The skin tone a little bit, and like the face, they wanted it to be a little bit longer, a little bit bonier, cheekbone, something like that. And um, somebody did an edit, and it went viral, or not perhaps not viral, viral, but like it spread through Star Wars fandoms, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, "Yeah, this is the one we should have got." But the thing is that I, I, it didn't bother me not one bit because he looks cool, and there's a reason why they're doing it this way. I, I love you know the costume uh, caretakers of this show; they're fantastic because they care about authenticity, authenticity, authenticity. But more importantly, John Favreau brought in practicality. Don't yes. be afraid of using of using real models, guys. Don't be afraid of using this. Be practical when you use it, so long as we'll be able to pull this out and shoot whatever we want in the future. Sure, we're not completely done with writing the show yet, but we're not entirely sure what the character will, will be able to do. But I know that this character has to be, you know, a uh, fighter, uh, flexible, uh, perhaps a little bit acrobatic at times, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps this and that. So I want the body to look like it's real. Uh, perhaps there's going to be like, perhaps he might take off his jacket at one point if his, his arms gets, if, if, if his arm gets injured or something, he wants that flexibility and he does have a vision to say, yeah, I want my character to do so-and-so because I want him to be able to do this. So the costume has to be on point. You I know like, what I mean? I, yeah, oh yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I like the tangibility of it. Um, yeah. one of the, one of the biggest things in Star Wars that I, that I love is what you brought up was the practicality of it, the practical effects. It makes it feel more real. It's more tangible. It doesn't, cause remember the biggest a uh, gripe with the prequels when they came out was well everything's just CG you know and exactly. honestly yeah, yeah, episode yeah. 1 had more practical effects in it than anybody realizes um episode 2 kind of that was basically when Lucas was like oh no we'll just do it all in post <laughs> you know oh, and like yeah, yeah, exactly. and and exactly. so cuz even like when Anakin and Padme are sitting at the table together talking about aggressive negotiations that entire set was green screen even the table in front of them the exactly, food, exactly. everything was green screen, and it's like, why? That why couldn't funny, you put it? A... That little funny thing that got turned into a gift about like Obi Wan in the in the thing on the when he was um, when he was in the when he, when he was in the shuttle and he was driving it, and it was when Anakin upped in out of the sky, so it landed into his uh, thing or jumped out of it. Excuse me, sorry. Yeah. Uh, to try to catch uh, to try to catch the assassin, 
that, there's like that little funny gif of him like dancing sort of thing behind yeah, the, it's the all little blue. dance steering wheel. It's all blue. <laughs> all blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I specifically tell this story because if you guys, if nobody's actually caring that much to see green screen, we'll see. No, no, it's a huge difference because when you then look at the models, that's what I loved about Star Wars episodes one, two, and three was the ships, right? So they are real. Like you, they built them up and they were real scales. But, um, the, in the old ones, obviously, it wasn't. It was just a tiny, tiny ship somewhere, and then the camera zooms in real bad. And then in the new ones, and obviously, I have to talk about this, even if just briefly, uh, it is one of my favorite ships. Well, it's not the favorite. My Naboo Starfighter. My goodness, that is. It's it's just a brilliant, quick, super fast fighter jet. Sleek, nimble, beautiful. And they gave it such a such a feel to it, like a sort of, you know, American muscle revamp yes. with, like, a big... Like like they put like a Hemi on top or whatever that was like <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the center in the center of the bonnet and the, and it was like camshafts all over the place at the sound and they gave it a little room room as well when he yeah. was uh, when he was taken off so I completely understand where that comes from perhaps it wasn't particularly accurate I don't give a shit though it looked no it was amazing. cool it translated well to Star Wars uh, especially for an N one and yeah to see that oh, yeah. that starfighter and I uh, I saw somewhere that that's the same starfighter the Anakin had. The Anakin flew in episode no. one. Yeah, if you, I it? guess if you look at the call, the the writing underneath the 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 canopy, the red writing, it's it's okay. the same as okay. Anakin's. I think it's the call sign for the ship, and it's the same as Anakin's. So <laughs> he's flying Anakin's ship now. He flew Anakin's starfighter down the same canyon Anakin flew his pod racer, who Cobb Vanth now owns as part of oh, his yes. speeder. And so it's, it's cool to see all this stuff kind of come together like that, and uh, and to see these little nods here and there, but. I'm, yeah, exactly. It's not just fan service. No, that, but I love seeing that. I loved, I loved him going through the canyon. I loved him taking that same old route and then doing the quick turns. And they did it really well as well. Like, and, and you can see the gate so perfectly. You can see the gate that Anakin yeah. crashed through when Sebulba forced uh-huh. him onto yeah. the entry ramp. You can see that gate debris still laying there. Like it's been thirty or forty years, and they've never went and picked up the the debris or rebuilt the gate. They just left it. And but it was nice little nods like that and. You know, just seeing Beggar's Canyon again and seeing a womp rat in Beggar's Canyon, like, you know, Luke saying, it's just like bullseyeing womp rats in my T-16 in Beggar's Canyon back home. And it's it's so awesome to see. But uh, I'm with where we're at now, uh, at this point with Dave Filoni, nothing's going to surprise me anymore with what is free game and what's going to pop up and what's not. So next week's episode, I think all bets are off. Uh, we got this big, you know, Mafia war going on in Mos Espa. The the lines have been drawn. You know the sides are both being built up. It's it's Boba Fett versus the Pikes, and it's going to be glorious. So I'm yeah. When I when I started the, the show, I didn't think I was going to like it very much because Boba Fett. I mean, he only had a few lines, right? And I right. liked him because of the bones. And, and he got and taken was, out by a blind guy with a stick. Exactly, and uh, <laughs> and his. Um, backstory you know the fact that he is the blueprint or his father was or at least his the original was the blueprint for the clones Mm -hmm. so this is boba like the one he chose to have like a sort of son sort of thing because he wanted that was his only request right he wanted a son an unaltered clone yep an an unaltered clone with no growth uh boosters or anything like that but um no growth uh, accelerator sorry right but um uh i i figured also you know guy just wants to be a sort of mafia crime lord, right? So why is this going to be interesting? It's just because it's going to be Star Wars stuff, right? So, you know, it's going to give me 
some more material, some more Star Wars material, some good sort of action feeling, stuff that we've been craving for. And it doesn't have to be too big. It doesn't have to be a new episode seven. It doesn't have to be a new episode eight. It doesn't have to be anything, right? But uh, because of what we're saying, I'm really excited the way they set this up. That's how they do it. Even if it was a little bit cyberpunky. Uh, oh, yeah. The thing is that, uh, <laughs> but um, the thing is that really, what they uh, what they have here is that they built a narrative, which we can not only follow, but now we're sort of supporting. Like, ah, so there's these the pikes. I see. So what is the pikes? Ah, the spice. See, look at the spice. And then seeing them just go, just spill the spice over. You're like, ah, oh, not not here. It's like extra honor points, right? Being a role model over here, right? But it shows you how bad this stuff is, right? That that's what the show it doesn't show me that. Oh, this character is being unrealistically uh, honorable. No, it doesn't show me that. It shows me how bad the other side is. It shows me how bad Spice is. It shows me what it means to these characters. And uh, yep. no wonder uh, Cad Bane shows up in the next episode. And then obviously we don't want to talk too much about the uh, the latest episode with Grogu because uh, he. We're going to talk about that later in the. The podcast, right? Because of uh, a mailback question. Uh, yeah, we are going to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, but yeah, this is why this is getting me to love Boba Fett, really. Oh yeah, no, I Boba Fett used to be my favorite bounty hunter, and and he's still up there. Uh, don't get me wrong, yeah. but like you said, he had five lines. He got taken out by a blind guy with a stick for the second time in canon because the first time uh, was he actually went up against Luke Skywalker and Ben Kenobi's old hut, and. He flashbanged Luke, so Luke was blind, and Luke still took him out with his lightsaber. And so, like he he's been taken out by two blind guys with sticks already. And I wanted and I wanted to see him, you know, kind of redeemed. And Cad Bane's my favorite bounty hunter. Ever since he that 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 big blue bastard popped up in Clone Wars, I I have absolutely adored Cad Bane. Um, even even having a droid named Toto, that's just awesome. I live in Kansas, so it's awesome. <laughs> he was one of the best things about a, Clone Wars for me. Yeah, yeah, and, and so. With him popping up, it, 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 it's great for me. But he's Cad Bane is still my favorite bounty hunter, and I'm hoping that he lives up to that in the next episode because you know it's going to be like I said an all-on fight. So I'm hoping he lives up to it. I want to see them rocket those ankle rocket boosters. I want to see him flying around him and him and uh, Boba fighting. I want I want to see this. So uh, book of Boba Fett. So far we got one episode left. Cannot wait and. Uh, I like I said, all bets are off. Nothing's going to surprise me anymore. And you know, because of the people that are popping up in this show now, I wanted I wanted to throw this in real quick before we move on. The we we know the Ahsoka series is coming. We know Ahsoka is getting her own series. And Kathleen Kennedy said that all of these shows are going to eventually morph into one massive crossover as a finale. All these shows are going to come together, one big finale event. And we know Ahsoka is trying to track down Grand Admiral Thrawn at this point uh, from from Mando. I'm convinced more than ever at this point that that's going to be the big baddie that everybody has to come together to fight. It, the New Republic's going to come together. Mando, you know, Luke's going to bring you know, hopefully some of the Jedi. I'm, I'm, these bounty hunters are going to all come together. Fett's going to be there. He's going to be a massive threat to everybody, and we're going to get Thrawn. So I'm, 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 I'm convinced now more than ever that Filoni's just like, yeah, we're going to put him in there. We've put everybody else in, so why not? So... Book of Boba Fett, we have one episode left. Uh, and I guess next week we'll we'll figure out how it ends and uh, we'll talk about it then. Uh, let's let's move on. We had some news this week. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is getting a five-issue comic run in May. Uh, I guess, and I'm hopefully lining up with uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series dropping on Disney+. Plus. This five-issue run is going to be him leading up in the weeks before A New Hope, so we're getting old Obi-Wan. 
Uh, I'm excited to uh, to see this run. And and if anything, this comic just concretes in that we're getting Obi Wan Kenobi in May. What do you think? Uh, I'm hoping to see it as a prequelish, as you just said, you know, to sort of lead me into the show, into hopefully the show which will be confirmed to to air on May fourth. Um, I love everything about Obi Wan. He's my favorite Star Wars character. Period. He's he's at the tippity top. He wears that crown for me. I can't wait. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see him. Not just like watching Luke from afar, but I want to see him converse with Qui Gon a little bit. And mm-hmm. I want to see him. Uh, I'm I'm hoping to see stuff that will get me surprised or teach me about the Force. You know what I mean? It's okay. either going to be surprising from a from an event sort of thing. Oh, look, Obi Wan did that. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. And that you know, this is definitely the space to do it. But what would be even cooler is if it actually taught me more about the Force, which is my favorite whole thing about Star Wars. The Force. Well, it's, um, it's what separates Star Wars from anything else isolation. is the Force. Yeah, and and uh, it's it, it's so big and vast and filled with wonderful levels and and deep deep meaning. So I want to see this um, this isolation he's drawing himself in. It's not complete isolation. It's not Yoda, but uh, it's not it's not Yoda level isolation. But it is more or less an isolation of sorts. Hmm. So I want to see him tackle that because that's it's definitely hard. No, uh, it's 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 a different journey he's on from now on. So. Yeah, I just want to see it. I want to just want to see a snippet of that. I'm I'm excited for it. Um, and you know, Obi Wan hasn't. I mean, we had uh, Obi Wan and Anakin. There was a five issue run of Obi Wan and Anakin that came out back in like 2016, I think. And uh, and there was a little trilogy of comics of old Obi Wan on Tatooine, kind of sprinkled throughout the Star Wars comic. I think it was issues seven, twenty one. I, I don't remember what the other one was, but anyway. Uh, so we've gotten a few glimpses of it, but I want to see this the, leading up to a new hope. This is going to be great, and uh, hopefully, yeah, this has got to have a lot more meaning, right? Oh yeah, I want it to lead up to the show, but if you think it's going to lead up to or to new hopes, it's going to be potentially like uh, after post this show, because we're not entirely sure which which event, like how how old is the show going to be in terms of like where 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 in the timeline is it going to be, like the the live action show. I mean. Where the timeline is going to be exactly? Is it going to be really close to when Anakin is growing up? Like, you know, I, I think Luke's it's right at the halfway point between episodes two and three, or I'm sorry, three and four. I mean, I think it's right at I think it's right at the halfway point. Yeah, because um, I think they tried to place the show based off Ewan's age, Ewan McGregor's age, and and trying to transition him into the Alec Guinness Obi Wan. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, no, Obi-Wan Kenobi is getting a five-issue run. Uh, I have no idea what that story is going to be. I Bring it on. I'm, I'm ready just to just add a, another full collection to my long box. So bring it on. Uh, that kind of does it for news. Uh, and last week we had a mailbag question. I don't remember the, the writer's name. I apologize. But somebody sent in a mailbag question last week asking about the novels that were coming out this year. And I missed one. There's another one that I didn't add to that list, and I wanted to uh, add that to that list. So, uh, Padawan by Kirsten White is releasing on July 26th this year, and that's also going to be an Obi-Wan story, a young Obi-Wan with Qui-Gon story. So, we've got Brotherhood, which is Obi-Wan and Anakin, coming out in May, and then in July we've got uh, uh, Padawan coming out. So, I'm there's a lot of Obi-Wan stuff right around the summer and spring and summer this year so I I'm convinced that Obi-Wan series is coming. 
where is uh, where is Padawan going to be in terms of Master and Apprentice? Needs to be already. Uh, I think it's before. Or no, I think it's it's got to oh. be after. I think it's it's got to be after because Obi Wan was with Qui Gon for what two years in Master and Apprentice. I think he'd been with him for two years. Um, so Padawan, hang on, I can find out though. Let me let me look real quick. We'll just we'll figure it out. Right, meow. I love Master and Apprentice. Like my review on that book, it's just that it is uh, it's it's a must read for anyone creating for more material like for more uh, prequel material specifically or backstories you get to see a lot of course you get to see a lot of the processes for jedi trading see a lot of the inner workings for the mind of qui-gon which is many people's favorite character because he's such an old sage and obi-wan in himself as well growing up as a young man he's sort of really uh getting to be himself and getting to try to learn to be a jedi and the pressure that's involved because he really he really cares about he really cares about handling stuff and being mm-hmm. a great one. And um, you get to see other like little tidbits. Uh, so he builds, and he, sorry, he assembles, he disassembles it and reassembles his lightsaber and shows everyone the Kyber Crystal or everyone who was around him at the time as a young man. He's just like just looking at, at it and putting it back together. Again. It's such a cool little piece of a Star Wars novel. And it's not, it, it's a little bit boring at first, but it picks up. And as you said in your review of Master and Apprentice, that was what made me really make sure I wanted to buy the book rather than just have an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it picks up and just runs, and I couldn't put it down. It was, it was brilliant. And I went back a few times just to read parts of it because it was so fun, like after the novel was done. That's how good it was. It was really nice. And, um, uh, you know, for the first half of that book, if you don't love the characters, read it off the book because it's not necessarily the best. You don't understand storytelling um rhythm or pace that it's going at. But yeah, that's uh just my little review of that book while we're waiting for you. Uh yeah, I found it. So Padawan happens uh before Master and Apprentice. Okay. because uh, this is yeah. according to this, Obi Wan is Qui Gon's new apprentice. Uh it happens between forty two BBY and forty BBY. And Master and Apprentice happens between forty BBY and thirty two BBY. So uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's like immediately before. So that, that kind of puts where that's going. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that novel. Uh, anything Obi-Wan, we're getting so much Obi-Wan stuff this year. I remember when we were getting a bunch of Han Solo stuff when the Solo film came out and I finally get, got fatigued of it a little bit. I don't think that's going to happen with Obi-Wan. So bring, bring on the Obi-Wan stuff and, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with the series. I keep coming back to the series though, because I think it's, it's the most anticipated thing this year, I think. So. Yeah, yeah, it's the most anticipated thing for a while now. I mean, oh, yeah. If you, like, I, I, to be honest, I anticipate it more than Ahsoka, if I'm completely honest. I oh, love I'm, Ahsoka, I'm with you. I love totally with you. I, I completely agree. Um, I think, well, for now, I think it's, I think right now, yes, bring on the Obi-Wan stuff. I want it. And I think once we get past Obi-Wan, cause, I mean, think about it. Six months from now, we'll, we'll be like, well, crap, we just saw the entire Obi-Wan series. And then it's going to be, well, what's next? Let's move on. Let's get excited for Ahsoka, you know? So, uh, I'm excited for it. Hey, uh, before we move on to mailbag questions, Usaf, I was going to ask you a question. What are you reading right now? Okay, so right now I have decided to start reading uh, Leia. Ooh. And I'm pleasantly surprised. Really, really pleasantly surprised. Um, and uh, I've got... Um, so here's... Okay, here's the books on my shelf, right? Because obviously... Uh, not everything is available to me living over here. And that's why I am officially going to, I resisted for a really long time buying like a VPN. 
oh, uh, yeah. gonna have to in order so I could get to get um, an Audible account set up so I can get all the Star Wars books I want on audiobook, even if I can't buy them hard copies. And it's hard to travel, obviously, because of COVID and get like international mail and stuff. Everything is either super expensive because of shipping costs these days. Anyway, so here's what I've got on my shelf at the moment. Um, Star Wars from a certain point of view, um, for uh, uh, New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back as well. I've got Rogue One. Uh, I've got Catalyst, the Rogue One novel. I've got Aftermath, uh, both of them. I've got Bloodline and Leia. I've got, uh, what else have I got? Yeah, so I decided to jump into Leia. Oh, I got Most Wanted. I've read it already. I just finished Most Wanted. It wasn't the... It, it was fun. It was entertaining in certain parts of it, but it wasn't uh, It wasn't extremely like attention-grabbing most of the time. It was just mm. fun. Like, oh, yeah, that's fun. Oh, yeah, that's fun. But if I missed a little bit, I had to wait, wait, hang on, hang on. I missed three minutes. So I just sort of dozed off a little bit or whatever. But, um, so yeah, I, I want to I wanna finish up my Leia books. You know, I want to brush up on all of my Leia um, after that, I really want to finish uh, a certain point of view because I'm really behind on this stuff, I know. But I love getting into Star Wars books as much as I can. Um, you know, the past books which I have read, I think I talked about it in a previous episode. Tarkin, until now, is my favorite. Tarkin's it still beats Lost Fights. Oh, I love, love, love. Uh, yeah, I love Tarkin. Tarkin. Tarkin is just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The ending, too. Oh, you cold-blooded man. Oh, you, yes. You brilliant. You brilliant, brilliant guy. Like, it's really brilliant. Darth Vader in there is also making a presence. He's not just a side character. He's like, he, he, they make a point of showing you the relationship between these two. Mm-hmm. And Tarkin isn't suspicious of what he does. He sort of knows it without saying it out loud, but he's on his own vendetta. Oh, he knows damn good and well. More important. Vader is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. he knows because damn good and well. Really, the Emperor does not explain. Because that is what the emperor does. He does not give. He, he does not sit down and talk to his subordinates. He says, "This is how it's going to be. So I want you to do so and so. You either give me what I want, or you find the fact to be brutal enough to get it done, even if it's a nuclear process, mm-hmm. uh, or or you just add the weight." And he doesn't sit down and be like, "Oh, so at the next staff meeting, I'm going to introduce so and so." There's no <laughs> way he's going to do any of that. So, um, but yeah, uh, so that's Tarkin for me. But um, Rather than just uh, keep keep praising him in that book, thing is that uh, these these new books oh well not the new books excuse me these new uh, these other books that I have which are you know been out for years now I'm really behind and I need to read them because I want to sort of put those behind me and have accomplished at least a certain good amount of the existing novels before I jump into uh, High Republic or um, oh yeah you know these new sets of novels at least even if they're novels about old topics just like Padawan and stuff I really want to sort of catch up and be at a certain level of, oh yeah, I've finished this before I jump into the new ones. Well, it's, I'm, um, I'm really excited to read High Republic because I want to read it continuously as well. I have a few novels set up and then yes. read them all. Do you know what I mean? Yes. If you read High Republic, start at the beginning and work your way through it as its own era. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. And you would recommend reading them one by one. So as a person who has read them, you would recommend that? Or would you oh, be like, yeah. ah, sorry, you can just start High Republic now? Um, I, if you're going to read High Republic, I would start with High Republic and just commit and go and just get caught okay. up at least at least with the uh, the first uninterrupted phase. Yeah. yeah at least with the first phase. Um, I don't know when Phase Two is actually kicking off. I know we just wrapped up Phase One, uh, but yeah, I would sit because there, there's how many novels are there? I think there's nine books. The comics kind of supplement that a little bit. Some of the comics have their own stories. Uh, the other comics kind of supplement the stories in the novels. As a matter of fact, I know the next issue of the High Republic 
Marvel is going to go right into the Fallen Star. Uh, and it's going to be the events of the Fallen Star from somebody else's point of view. So the comics, I wouldn't say, are a massive kind of... I wouldn't say they're a priority. But the three Delray novels, the three young adult novels, and then the three young readers, I would definitely read those nine all back to back. Because um, we each... There's three different trilogies there, so the way they came out was there was a Delray novel, and then a young adult novel, then a young reader. And the young adult and the young reader supplemented the main novel. And then you've got the second novel, and you had the same thing, a young adult novel and a young reader supplement the second book, and the same thing with The Fallen Star. So it's like you have to go Delray, young adult, young reader, Delray, young adult, young reader, Delray, young adult, young reader. But it's, it's, a really, it's really cool the way they, they wove everything together. And they actually, you can actually tell they sat down and had a plan with this. And, and you can actually see where it's going, and you can see how everything fits together. They actually did their homework with this series. This is, what they're doing with this, they should have done with the sequel films, <laughs> to, be, to be honest. But, yeah, if you're going to sit down and read High Republic, I'd go beginning to end on that. Absolutely. And I was going to say earlier, I'm jealous of you right now because you get to read these novels for the first time. I can't do that again. You see, you see when you say that, say that it hypes it up but then again like when you when you said it to me it was always because the novel was really really good yeah so if it's that good that you say that because honestly if, if any of these books which i'm planning to read are on my shelf you're like uh no you can put that one aside and read this one instead i want you to say that you know what i mean like i would rather you say you you want okay, the good you want the you need, you need to get caught up yeah, yeah, because I'm in, a, I'm in a bit of a precarious position. Where I'm supposed to be on a podcast. I'm supposed to be knowledgeable. Yeah, I'm not. So I'm still trying to take well, that stuff. Here, here's yeah. my mentality, though. If I tell you to read everything that's good, then when you get to the stuff that's no longer good, you're going to start dragging through these novels, you know. And you got to. My mentality is you kind of got to sprinkle the bad in with the good. That way, you can get through them, and then you've got something to look forward to once that one's over. Um, that's the way. That's the way I was with *Heir to the Jedi*. When, when the first time I read Heir to the Jedi, I, it took me three months to read that book. I hated it. And I knew Lords of the Sith was, I already had Lords of the Sith on my shelf, but I, I, I was telling myself, I'm not going to read that until I finish Heir to the Jedi. And there were times where I was like, do I, oh, I don't want to finish this book. I don't want to do this. So finally I had to sit down and power through it. And I, and I finally did. And then I got Lords of the Sith and then Dark Disciple and then Aftermath and Lost Stars. So once in a while you got to sprinkle them bad in with, with the good, but don't get me wrong. There's not too many novels that are really bad. There's, there's not many, there's, there's a handful, but there's not a lot. I mean, here's what I'm actually resisting doing for real. I'm resisting reading legends mm -hmm. uh, because really I, I, I just keep stumbling into these stories while I, either I'm researching or just reading on star Wars stuff or just like saved links and videos and stuff. Uh, I just keep bumping into these legend stories, and they're amazing, but they're not canon, so I can't, I can't commit because I don't want to get distracted by stuff that isn't right. canon. You, and I think that later on you want to be like, wait, did Luke do that, or was that exactly? Yeah. Or am I remembering? Am I misremembering this? Is this real? Is this not real? That's what's going to happen right. down the line because I won't be able to keep track of what has happened and what hasn't happened. I'm, I'm the same for way. Me, it is important. Yeah, I can't. I can't just look at legends on this. So I like I love mythology more than anyone, right? And I love like looking at what ifs and stuff with Marvel and things like that. But um, this is different. This is you know retcon. This is canceled. This is this book technically did not happen. You can read it. It's fun. And there's a character in there that's set up to be really cool, but this technically this it does not contribute to any modern day story. I just I can't wrap my head around reading something, and that's just me, right? And 
I've, other people would be, no, we want legends solid from the real Star Wars, so I'd rather read legends than actually read the new stuff. Right. So sure, you can do whatever you want in Star Wars in terms of that, but then uh, that's going to be quite limited when you look at, you know, actually having a conversation with people about what's going on in Star Wars. The, the way yeah, I look at legends stuff. The way I look at it. The, the way I kind of look at legend stuff, I'm with you. It, it'd be, it's hard to read because, well, it's not hard to read, but it's hard to differentiate what is real, quote-unquote reality in Star Wars and what isn't. And the way I look at legend stuff is because what they decided to call it legends. Uh, if I read a legends novel now, I picture somebody sitting down in the Star Wars universe telling their children, right, right. this Round is a, a story. Sort of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. And these are legends within the Star Wars universe because... Remember what Ahsoka said, all legends are based off some piece of truth. And so yeah. at this point, I'm sitting here going, well, shit, legends novels all happened until we have something that says they didn't. You know, or certain right. parts of them okay, could be true. You know, like with Revan, we know Revan is canon now. We know Darth Bane is canon, but not necessarily those novels and those stories are canon until they come out and say, no, that's the official story. Like Darth Bane, if they come out tomorrow and say that Bane trilogy from the 2000s is canon oh, shit it's going on the shelf i'm i'm that instantly that's my favorite trilogy of books of all time um and so it's 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 in my mind they're they're just stories that people are sitting around telling within the star wars universe kind of like the legends yeah of the no Skywalker i understand yeah, I got you. like actual legends like right actual, the term is legends so keep it like that that's, right because i mean we have our own legends in our society nowadays and some of them happened, some of them didn't. You know, we don't know if some of them happened. We don't know if some didn't. So it's maybe they did, maybe they didn't. We don't know. Um, so that's just just kind of the way I look at it, uh, as far as as far as the way I look at it. Um, I am currently reading the War of the Bounty Hunters comic run again. I started it, uh, and and I what you were saying earlier about binging shows or waiting week to week uh, with the Star Wars comics. I or I get my comics once a month. And then I have to sit down and catch up and figure out what order everything goes in and then read them in that order. Now that War of the Bounty Hunters is finished, I decided to go back and just start it all over, and I'm going to binge it. Um, right. Especially yeah. now with Book yeah, of Boba Fett out. Really, it's really easy to binge comic books. It's really fun as well. It is. I really dislike, because I'm used to binging, not because of anything else, because I am a person who's used to like watching shows. I'm, just, I'm a total Netflix sort of sucker you know yeah when i uh when i you know i i, I haven't done this with boba fett but i did this with mando i waited every three episodes that i'd watched three at the same time oh yeah you know what i mean sit down and watch all three and then i would wait two episodes and watch both well then you and basically get reaction, a mando like, movie holy crap yeah. Do this. Yeah, yeah exactly so i'm doing like mini mando movies exactly that's so cool for me to be able to do and even like when i was watching clone wars i have the freedom to watch them as, as much as i like mm -hmm. as, as condensed as i like because it's all out there already yep. i'm gonna do the same with bad batch when i start watching that next week so oh, yeah you're gonna love bad yeah. Batch. oh and exactly, you know speaking right? of bad then batch I'm gonna do Austin Rebels after that. Sp speaking yeah. of bad batch they're opening doors now at the end of that season that i think feloni is really setting something up i think he planted seeds in mando for it and now it's being talked I'm, I'm not going to ruin it for you but there were seeds planted in mando that now they're even though bad batch is before mando now in mando they're uh, i'm sorry in bad batch they're talking about the same subject and you're like what is going on right now <laughs> like there's this massive picture like going on behind the scenes it's really cool so you're i think you're really going to like bad batch quite a bit excellent excellent can't wait yeah Let's get on with some mailbag questions, man. We got a couple of them this week. We're going at forty minutes right now, so we're just trying to keep it a little sh short this week. Uh, and let's let's buzz through these two mailbag questions. Usif, you said uh, 
you're not real. I don't want to say you're not big on these questions, but you you told me you didn't have a lot to contribute to these questions. I think I yeah. So I I think you read. do. Okay, well, yeah. Okay, so let's you know we can hear the questions out, and then I'll tell you what I think about them, about your answers to them, because I want to hear. I do. I love these questions. I love the questions, and I do want to hear the answers to these questions. Actually, fair enough. Uh, the first question this week comes from Kyler Knowles. You guys have heard that name before. Kyler writes in, says, hello and welcome back, my fellow Canon nerds. My question is relatively simple, and that is, how do you think the High Republic Phase 3 will end? I personally think Avar is going to be a big part of it and could be something to do with the Jedi not wanting to have romantic relationships. Thanks for the question, Kyler. Uh, yeah, so you haven't started any, any High Republic stuff yet, but I don't think this is much of a spoiler, to be honest. Uh... For, for those of you who haven't read High Republic yet, don't know anything about it. So High Republic is set uh, 200, I think 250, 200 years before the events of Episode One: The Phantom Menace. It's the High Republic, it's the Jedi in their prime, it's a golden age. The, the Chancellor of the Republic at this point, Lena So, she's got the, the, she does these things what everybody refers to as great works. She's building hyperspace beacons and she's, she's trying to expand communication throughout the galaxy and trying to connect the whole galaxy together, the, the outer, mid, and inner rims, everything like that. It's a huge expansion time for the Republic. And the Jedi are just a big, they're a huge part of it, and they're at the prime of their existence. And this threat comes out of the galaxy in the form of the Nihil, which are basically Star Wars Vikings. If you guys know me, I love Vikings. This is, it's it's badass. When... He's got a Viking beard in the works. Oh yeah, God, I love it. Absolutely <laughs> love. It. I do. I really do. I'm. I'm. I had a beard in it a couple weeks ago, and you and you didn't get to see that. But uh, <laughs> no, it, I remember I'm when the writers sat down. Your time, I'll see you shave after <laughs> yeah. and, like tattoos on him. I, yeah. I need to bulk up some too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember the writers sat down and was talking about trying to come up with a villain for the Jedi in this time period, and they asked themselves one question, and it's and they said what scares the Jedi what will scare a Jedi and they came up with the Nihil and the Nihil are so cool and the way the organization works and and the levels you've got the Tempest Runners the Storms you know and 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 all these different uh ranks I guess you could say the I who's in charge of everything and uh it's it's a lot of fun to to sit down and read this so we just finished phase one and it ended with a horrible (laughs) horrible event uh, and it was heartbreaking. Um, uh, I, I'm not going to say who, but some of these characters that we've grown to know and love throughout this first phase over the last year of these novels, not everybody makes it out alive. And the ones that don't, you're just like, are you serious? We got to, I mean, there's a huge blow struck to the New Republic, or I'm sorry, to the Republic at the time. Damn. And, uh, and it and it really it really leaves a cliffhanger waiting for phase two to kick off. And it's it's gut wrenching to read. Um, to give you guys an idea of how good these books are, though, I've decided because I just finished Fallen Star by Claudia Gray, who, you know, I I believe is the queen of Star Wars canon. She, like oh, every one of her novels is in my top seven. And she wrote this book and almost dethroned Lost Stars, in my opinion. I think they're tied. But because it didn't overcome Lost Stars, I can't say that it beat Lost Stars. So Lost Stars is still number one. But it's right there. It is. It's, I mean, it's, it's right there. Uh, how will Phase 3 end? I have no idea, to be honest, Kyler. Uh, th- we still got Phase 2 that could go anywhere. And then Phase 3 is, I, that's what, two years away, I think? Um. 
It's got to end because phase two is actually going back in time even further, another 150 years. We're going back even further with phase two. Why? I'm not entirely sure. But phase three, I think, is I think what they're doing is they told this story of, you know, leading up to the fallen star. And now they're going to go back in time and kind of, I guess, do setup for how we got where we are. And then for a year and then a year from now, we're going to go back and kick off phase three, which will be the picking up where fallen star left off. So I think we're going to have to take a little break from that part of the timeline and go forward or go backwards first. Um, I'm not sure. I have, I have no idea. Obviously the Nihil have to go down cause we don't see anything about the Nihil in the films or anything like that. Uh, or they could evolve. They could have, yeah. Or they're still out there somewhere and we just don't see them, you know, just they're a pocket remnant kind of thing. Uh, so I, I don't know. We, there's some mentions of Nihil in the comics with Dr. Afro, which makes sense with her being an archeologist and finding some of their tech and everything like that. But they're not a threat to the galaxy the way they are now during the high Republic. So I, I there's got the Jedi are going to have to win, but I think, I think don't get attached to any Jedi. <laughs> I think, I think everybody, you know, and love in high Republic is free game. I think they're all on the chopping block for the end of this. Um, my favorite Jedi is already gone. I'm not going to say how or who, but it, it saddens me. And it, it was a brute. I mean, it was just a brute, the brutality that that's the word, the brutality in this trilogy is ridiculous. Um, my favorite Jedi, the way he went out was just heartbreaking, but I, I, I think, I think it's going to end with them taking down the Nihil. Uh, but I think it's going to be at great cost. Um, and as far as Avar being a part of it, I'm not entirely sure Avar's going to make it out of it. Um, she seems to be, I don't want to say the mascot, but the face of the Jedi, for the most part, she's the Marshal of Starlight Beacon. Oh, I'm sorry, was the Marshal of Starlight Beacon. Um, and she's kind of the one leading the charge against the Drengear and, which the Drengear, I haven't even talked about them. They're like these sentient plants that just eat everything. They eat meat. That's terrifying. <laughs> Uh, but I, I think, I don't think she's going to make it out. I think she's going to end up sacrificing herself to, to end this whole thing. And it's going to be this big day of mourning for the, for the high Republic and, and, and right toward the end of the high Republic's when we go right into the film. So I don't think she's going to make it out of, uh, alive. Uh, and then as far as, uh, uh, Avar going to be a big part of it and could be something to do with the Jedi, not wanting to have romantic relationships. There is a Jedi, uh, Elzar Man, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Elzar Mon, maybe. He he and a uh, Avar have kind of got a little bit of a history together around those around that subject, and he's dealing with it. And he's dealing. He's kind of in a dark place because of it. And uh, I, I I think that's going to have a lot to do later on down the road. I think yeah, Kyler. I think you're right. I think it is going to have a lot to do with it moving down the road. So. Uh, Usif, what are you you said you're getting ready to read High Republic. What are, what are you kind of expecting out of out of uh, out of High Republic? I am really excited to get new characters, which you have quite uh, you, both you um, and JG have very openly and confidently said like you are all going to love these characters. You're going to bond with them. You're going to see what's so cool about them. And uh, the storytelling itself is really, as you just said, like it's expert storytellers here. So I'm, I'm expecting to, to get glued to my books, really, to get, to get excited, right? Um, 
I know expectations, you know, are a little bit sort of like don't get your hopes too 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 high. Just make sure you uh, you stay grounded because you still not haven't tried it yourself. It might not be to my taste or whatever. So I'm just waiting on that. And um, the the villain, I'm I'm the guy that really focuses on the villains. You know, mm-hmm. I just love it to death. I, I want to see, you know, for 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 the hero, I guys are like I, I I so I'm so bored of the hero winning all the damn time. That's not life. That doesn't happen. Oh yeah. And some villains don't see that they're villains. They just have their own agenda. So who's to say that you're not the villain in someone else's story, right? Right. That, that, I know that's a bit cliche to say, but it's true. It's how I feel. So the thing about this, um, you know, is a, a new chance for a new leaf in Star Wars, which, you know, you make a very important statement, which we all feel for all material that's going to come out of Star Wars. We wish that 7, 8, 9, you know, the sequel trilogy had been handled with such precision, with such long-term planning, with mm-hmm. such execution, right? So, at least in the writing. So, the thing is that, you know, if we're going to get something that's this cool and this continuous as well, that this, uh, uh, this uh, excuse me, the, the, this consistent, um, I want to have a hero which truly overcomes something that's hard, that's difficult, and and that was beautiful. She just said, what scares the Jedi? Well, you know, this is what will do it. So that's really cool. That's what I'm really hoping for. And, you know, I, I just want to see that most. Um, for Phase 3 and Avar, Chris, and all these characters, which I can't wait to, I can't wait to see. I hope, I hope that, you know, I get to see, uh, I, I'm a Wookiee myself. I just am. It's my spirit You're animal. You're going to love Buryaga. <laughs> there's there's there a Wookiee go. Jedi Buryaga. You. You're going to love him. He's just a big teddy bear. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm serious. You're gonna love him. He's. I'm he, hoping nothing happens to him. You just said. I know. I know, and it scares <laughs> me. But like, you know, one of the things about getting attached to these characters is knowing that they're all possibly going to be on the chopping block, especially after the Fallen Star. And that's cool. By and you're way, like, that is cool. I'm not. Oh, this does not disappoint me. Yeah. Yeah. This excites me even more, by the way. And even if you get attached to the characters, if they are on a chopping block, not only does it build the suspense of the book, but you. The way you react when some of these characters may or may not die is a testament to how attached you were to them and how well they were written right. and everything. So, I mean, two books in, and I lost my favorite Jedi of all time. And I was uh, two books in, and I was already like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> like, no. So it was it was gut wrenching, but it's a testament to how well that character was written. Uh, okay. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I completely understand that. I agree with you. And and I don't think you're gonna get the emotion out of some of these dark books without that attachment to some of these characters. The, the the gravitas of the gravity of some of these books is going to be lost on people who don't get attached to these characters because then it's just okay whatever they're dead so yeah now, go ahead and get attached to all the characters you want to so if I hope I hope you get your heart ripped out and stomped on by the higher public <laughs> I really do fair enough fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah so I hope that answers your question Kyler thanks for sending it in and we got one more question this week we're going to do uh, Hal McKenzie has sent in a question. Hal says, this may be a spoiler question for the last episode of Boba Fett, and if so, feel free to hold on to this question for later. No, no, we're going to go ahead and address it now. How did Luke Skywalker have Yoda's lightsaber when we see the Empire incinerate it in the Vader comics? Seems like Filoni may have broken canon for the sake of fan service. What are your thoughts? Glad to have you guys back. Thanks for the question, Hal. Um, You know, I thought about... I think first things first, Filoni never breaks canon. No, he he doesn't. 
going to the Exactly. Perfect. And I, I don't know the answer to this question. I was really happy to see this question because I actually didn't think about it. I was just so excited about the end of the episode that I did not think of it. I had to do some research. So I want to hear the answer. I had to do some research because, uh, you know, I don't collect reference books. I probably need to, but I don't collect reference books. Uh, to go back and get them all now would be hundreds of dollars <laughs> trying to get all of these reference books because there's one for every film, one for every series, you know, so or I'm one for every season of every series. So I, I, I don't try to make it a point, to, which I need to because there's a lot of little nuggets in there that are canon that it'd be nice to know. And this is a great example. So I had to do some research. And apparently, in let me see what year it was. Let me go down here real quick. Uh, there was a reference novel in 2016 called Star Wars The Complete Locations. And there was a page in there for Yoda's Hut on Dagobah. And there was a little snippet in there that said that Yoda kept his lightsaber in a certain spot in a certain little storage area. But we know from Revenge of the Sith that he lost his saber fighting Sidious, and then in the uh, Darth Vader comic from 2017, we see them incinerating Yoda's lightsaber as a as a propaganda stunt, basically. I mean, Masameda held... It was Yoda's lightsaber he held up, and he said, the Jedi are gone, no longer oppressors, and chucked it into the incinerator. Uh, so the only... And, and both writers, the, the writer of the book... And the writer of the comic have both come out and said both of those are canon. There's no error there. So the only thing I can come out with is Yoda built a new lightsaber while on Dagobah, and it happened to look exactly like his old one, which isn't unheard of because Obi-Wan lost his saber in Episode 1, and in Episode 2 he'd built another one identical to his first one. So that's the only thing I can come up with is that he didn't break canon. He just had another lightsaber. So the one you see Luke holding isn't the one that cross blades with Sidious. It's just one that he built to have on Dagobah. Because I think even in, uh, from a certain point of view novels, I think there was even mention of Yoda having his lightsaber stowed away, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he just built another one. So I don't, I don't see it as a spoiler. I see it as a nice little nod to fan service. And it's one of those things that, yeah, people who don't keep up on everything else is going to go, oh, no, he broke canon. Well, did he? Did he really? Because, you know, you got to read everything to know what's going on, because I didn't know either. Uh, I, I I mean, like I said, I had to go back and do some do some research on this. But I, guess I like that. Uh, I like that there already was a reference to this before. It wasn't like, oh, well, that's okay. We can just say that Yoda created a, a new lightsaber or built a new right. one. You know, so no, no, he was actually, you know, it was in something written before. And, and, you know, I've, I've been seeing a lot of people, too, talking about with the way Luke is acting in Mando and in Book of Boba Fett, how there's this theory that this is an alternate universe or an alternate future, and Dave Filoni is doing the, the sequel era right and all this. I think, and, and I've said this before, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reiterate it. I think everything that we're seeing now helps solidify and concrete in what happened in the sequels with Luke Skywalker. And it's that kind of thing where, you know, the higher you fly, the further you have to fall. And, yeah, Luke is really kicking ass now. He's building his academy. He's trying to find students. He's doing a great job training Grogu. And he's the Luke Skywalker everybody wanted to see. The hallway scene, please. You know, like, that's the Luke Skywalker oh, everybody yeah. wanted to see. And then you see him in Last Jedi, and he's this broken hermit who's gone into exile. And that's not my Luke Skywalker. Well, actually, it is because the the higher you let him fly now, 
during this Mando and, and Book of Boba Fett series. The harder the crash, the right? Harder the harder the crash is going to be. Yeah, so, yeah, take them as high as you want. You you send, it's like the, the story of Icarus with the wax wings. You know, the higher he flew, the wings melted, the further he had to fall. And it, it, it's, close. I think it's a they're, great they're metaphor. The sun, that homeboy. Yeah. yeah, yep, the closer, the yeah. the thing is, right, that um, we, uh, we, did, we did a debate not too long ago, a sort of trial of Luke Skywalker, and I was opposed. So I was, I was uh, what was the word? What's the word? I was, I was the prosecution, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, you guys were on the defense, but um, I still stand by what I said then, and this is the, genuinely the Skywalker I wanted to see, the Luke I want to see. Yeah. And the thing is, right, I do not think that he's setting up for another sequel trilogy. No. no. Well, what we have is what, what we got. You know, there's many reasons why a sequel, another sequel trilogy won't work. We have, we know, we won't have Han or Leia in a few years' time. Because mm-hmm. just, you know, it's just, it's just how it is, right? I mean, we already lost, uh, you know, Leia. But the thing is that, um, you know, um, may, may she, um, may, may she rest your peace. May she rest your peace. But the thing is that he is uh, not just solidifying it; he's giving us more stuff to build, so that the sequel trilogy yes. makes sense or is, yes. or you know, any gaps that he can fix. And I know, of course, it's the whole thing that he has to fix. The thing isn't about fixing it, really. He's going to be supplementing a universe. It's yeah. different to fixing. His approach is so cool. His approach is supplementing a universe, not fixing something that's bad. And this sort of reverse psychology is really cool. I love it. Look what he did with the prequels. You remember the prequels used to be universally hated for the most part. And yeah. then Clone Wars came along. And it's not like he changed anything in, in the prequels. He just made it exactly. better by fixing moments exactly. and, and, and added. adding to he it. Supplements have added. Yeah, and yeah, that's exactly. and that's what he's doing now with this time period. He's he's not retconning anything. He's not erasing anything. He's not rewriting anything. He's taking what's already there and adding to it, fleshing it out, and making it make sense. Yeah, I mean, I get you shouldn't have to read he's six or seven books. more weight or less weight. Yeah. He wants to distract you from it and say this doesn't carry as much weight as, as you think it is, as yeah. you think it does. Yeah. Then that's cool. He does that. Or he'll give something so much more weight, something that's shocking will actually be like, oh no, that is incredibly shocking. Because, well, no, it's not that shocking. This character had it in him. It's happened before. Mm-hmm. He's not such a, he, he is a broke, of course he's a broken guy. Of course he doesn't want to train her because so and so happened because he built his academy from scratch and he did this and that and that his student. You know, he felt like he betrayed him. You know, felt like whatever. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, no, no, for Filoni, you know, in Filoni, we trust to get a dollar bill sign and put that up there. And Darth <laughs> Vader will be on that bill rather than Lincoln. And if you like in Filoni, we trust my friend. I'm, I'm going to ride if they don't end up making him head of story content or, you know, just being in charge of story the way Kevin Feige is at Marvel. Well, I, not necessarily be in charge of the films, down. but just I'm be gonna, in charge of story I'm gonna content. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this down to, to talk about it next time because honestly, I don't think they will, but that's... I don't I mean, think they will no, either. We, we, we promised that we try to keep this short. It's really hard to keep this up. <laughs> it's really hard. It's really hard, yeah. But anyway, yeah, um, I completely agree with you. His creative mindset and his storytelling, uh, he is such an asset. It's not just because he's Star Wars, it's because he is such a brilliant mind in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, and he, he gets Star Wars on a level I don't even is. think George Lucas gets Star Wars on. He, because yeah, well, yeah, he trained under Lucas for what seven years, and I mean he, he is such a forward thinker. Yeah, in depth, whereas Lucas is more of a world builder, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. And Lucas is very macro. Filoni's so he's not very micro. Filoni can totally do macro as well. Look at what he did with Clone Wars. He oh, took yeah. macros. He was like building macros in there on his own. But yeah, um, 
absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, so I hope that answers your question. How? Yeah, I, I don't think it's the same saber. I, I think he just built another one. I mean, what else are you gonna do in exile on Dagobah? You know what I mean? Other that's that's, and, and you know he's he would probably want a saber on Dagobah to protect himself. You know, I, you look at the swamp creatures and everything. So I, I'm assuming he just built a new one. Uh, but anyway, that's gonna do it for this episode. You got anything you want to add, Usa, before we sign off? How does one? get an episode on the podcast. If you guys want to get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast, you can send it to StarWarsCanonPodcast at gmail.com. Each week we'll go through and pick out at least a couple of them. Uh, on shorter episodes, we'll pick out a couple. On longer episodes, I usually try to go for five or six of them. So next week, since we're going to be talking Book of Boba Fett and predictions for Obi-Wan, we may just do a couple. Uh, but go ahead and send them in. We'll, we'll see if we can go through and pick out a couple and, and get them on the podcast. Also, uh, we're gonna start doing the the live shows on Facebook again, the live Q and A's. Uh, I think we're not. I don't think we're gonna start it this weekend. I think we're gonna start it next weekend on Sunday nights, because uh, I'm wanting to start trying to get 11:38 put together and get 11:38 talk radio going on Saturday nights. So I I think I think that's what we're gonna end up trying to do. So uh, yeah, if that's all there is, I think we're gonna end this episode, man. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I want to thank Usa for joining me from across the pond. And uh, I know you've been busy. Appreciate it, man. Always, always happy. I'm really glad to do this. You know, let's keep this consistent. We're going to try to get these episodes as much as we can. Uh, really consistently on time for you yeah. guys. Please keep sending in all your points, all your questions, any topics you want to hear. We love hearing from you guys. Really and if you don't hear your questions, don't worry. We still bank them. We still make sure that we have them. So we can definitely go back to them another time. I, I especially like going back and getting mailback questions if big piece of news breaks and it's related. I really like to go back yeah. and try to find stuff. That, yeah, I like to. So, uh, All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you guys so much for joining in this episode. Make sure to tune in next week. We're going to be talking about Book of Boba Fett. Till then, guys, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. Take care.